0: God, thank you that though we are created in your image, you are not like us. Your love is steadfast. Your mercy endures forever. God, every time we come to you and cry out to you in the name of Jesus, you respond in love and mercy to us. god as we think about the situations in each of our lives forgive us forgive us god for for trying to overcome these obstacles by our own strength and power in our selfish pride we we have depended on our own strength instead of crying out to you i thank you so much for the children god here in the sanctuary even Even now, there's such a visual reminder to us of how utterly dependent we are on you. We can't provide for our own needs. We can't, God, overcome our own sin. God, we can't by our own strength somehow earn the right to spend eternity with you. But you have done that for us. And we're so grateful. I thank you that you even chose to use the imagery that we're experiencing today. You said, though your sins be as scarlet, I shall make them white as snow. Forgive us, God, would you? Forgive us our sins, for they are many. We plead the precious blood of Jesus Christ, God, that through him, God, you might, you might restore us to right relationship. Through him, you might strengthen us to lay aside every, every sin, every weight, God, that overwhelms us. Through him, you might allow us to boldly approach your throne of mercy and grace. God, as we, as we come to you now, forgiven, God, cleansed of all unrighteousness then god our our uplifted hearts cry out for those still in physical crisis we think of we think of emily and randy and myriad others who right this moment god need your physical healing Mm. god we think of those right now whose hearts are broken and who are wondering if they have the strength, God, even even to rise up and stand. We lift up Dennis to you and just pray that you'd wrap him in your everlasting arms, God. You would hold him close, even as he believes by faith that his bride is with you. I pray that you would fill that, that, that gap that she filled in his life. Now we think of Vera, especially, and Larry. Brian, Kristen, all those who even the next 24 hours will be entrusting their, their brother, their brother-in-law, their son, their friend to you. And I just pray that your mercy and grace would go before them as well. But God, today as we come together, we cry out especially for those whose minds can't even comprehend the intimacy with God that we have been describing these last weeks. We cry out for those who feel far from you. God, maybe some by choice. Maybe some as a consequence of, of pain that they could not understand. Maybe some even out of rebellion. Maybe some got out of overwhelming sense of unworthiness. I just pray, God, that you would reach out to those who are far from you today and sweetly draw them to you. God, I pray that we as followers of Jesus and as a body of Christ could so lift up Jesus that people could see Jesus, God, that that then all men and women would be would be drawn to him. And then, God, we look forward, so forward to that day um, when we'll stand together. Lord, those right here online and in this room will stand together, but also with Mom, also with our loved ones who have trusted you. And who have gone before, and together we will sing these songs of praise. Together we will lift you up. Oh, God, we long for that day. We say, "In your perfect timing, Amen." Come, come, Lord Jesus. Until then, would you grant us everything we need, God, for life, for love. To really live out the Christ life in this place you've called us. And we thank you that you always provide for us. Even when we don't know what to say. You have already, as we've seen these last weeks, given us words to pray. To join hands with those nearby you. Would you do that? Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Would you um, pull out your phones or or I'm always an advocate for actually having the book in your hand. Pull out the book. Let's look first to the verse I alluded to a moment ago in the book of Psalms. Psalms 46, our Old Testament scripture. I'm going to read a, a little bit more of Psalm 46 because I want you to see the nature and character of God In Psalm 46. And for those of you who physically, emotionally, or spiritually have felt the need to draw closer, listen to this description of God. And I'm going to invite you when I get to verse 10, I'm reading out of the ESV, when I get to verse 10, to join me in 10 and 11. Hear the word of God from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God will help her when morning dawns. Oh, the nations rage. Amen. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Note that, that little word, Salah, again. We're not absolutely sure what that means, But very likely it means pause. Be still. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Join with me, would you? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Keep going if you would. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah, selah. The very word of God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Now would you turn with me to... We're going to be hinting at um, passages you've been looking at for the last two weeks. Out of Matthew chapter 6. But we're going to go today to 1 Thessalonians. So there's, there's five T-books toward the end of the New Testament. First and 2 Thessalonians, First and 2 Timothy, and Titus. We're going to go to 1 Thessalonians um, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm talking so much I'm not actually turning to it myself. There we go. Verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The very word of God. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to, I invite you to follow along uh, with our notes. So you're not required to do that. It's just if it's helpful to you, please feel free to to do that. But I want to continue the conversation. I'm so grateful for Chad and, and for Kyle uh, um, carrying on our study of extraordinary prayer in the last weeks. But I, I, want to, um, I want to go back to that question that is at the core of prayer. That's at the core of, of, of why we're studying this like we are. The question is this. How do you experience deeper intimacy with God? How do you experience deeper intimacy with God? We can, we can learn, as I did, that, oh gosh, I must have been about 12 when I finally said, I'm just gonna start, I, I don't feel close to God, but I'm gonna start praying the Lord's Prayer. And, and, uh, and, and so I began praying every evening the Lord's Prayer, and I have to be honest with you, it was comforting. The ritual of it was comforting to me, but I had no idea what I was praying. I, you know, because there wasn't there wasn't a relationship behind the words, right? Uh, uh, it happens to us all the time. We watch a movie and we hear words, but they don't mean anything to us personally because because unless they remind us of a relationship, we don't have that connection. And so so how do we grow a heart of intimacy with God? And and today I just want to. It's very simple today. Um, today I just want to ask you to think in terms of two things, ceasing and unceasing, ceasing and unceasing. It's appropriate for us. Um, we're fast coming up on a season in the church year. I know we come from many different backgrounds, uh, some from very liturgical or, or structured backgrounds, some from very free backgrounds where, where it feels constraining to even say the Lord's Prayer together. I know we come from many different backgrounds, but, but one Uh, things that we do here all of that is every every spring just like in the winter we enter into the season of advent every spring we enter into a season we call lent and and it is a season where we focus on who jesus is and and i'm so looking forward to doing that with you um i haven't talked to our session about this yet it's going to be a little complicated for me this year because of of needing to go back to california to be with my dad but but um, we, we might have, remember what year we had Ash Sunday? Remember that? We might have a, 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 an Ash Wednesday a week ahead of time this year too, so that I can be with you and start this journey with you at the end of February. But the season of Lent, uh, oftentimes when we think about it, we think of, um, what do you think of, my, what am I going to give up for Lent, right? Have you heard that expression before? What, what am I going to give up for Lent? And, and I can just remember some pretty famous fails In in my life, like the year that UCLA won the championship and I had given up TV for Lent, right? (laughs) Uh, On a regular basis, I give up uh, my addiction of choice, uh, caffeine for Lent, right? And then I chew on furniture the whole 40 days, right? Trying to get through that. But but this issue of ceasing stuff is important. Because our lives get so full, don't they, of, of stuff. And I don't just mean physical stuff, though we have a lot of physical stuff in our lives, but also mental and emotional stuff. And, and I want you to think in terms of natural rhythm. And, and one of those parts of those rhythms is the question, what do I need to cease, right? What do I need to cease? And again, Psalm 46 cries out across 3,000 years to us, right? Uh, Psalm 46 cries out, cease striving. Cease striving and, and be still. Because, because it can be something physical, it can be something emotional, it can be something spiritual. But, but oftentimes we strive by our own Energies, we strive to overcome it ourselves. Beloved, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news first, you can't overcome it by yourself, right? And then the good news, you can't overcome it by yourself. Christ alone can do that. So, right at the outside, I just want to say one of the things that I want to invite you to consider. Leaving behind, you don't have to wait till last Wednesday. You can do it now. Is to cease striving, cease by your own efforts. Wait a second, Pastor Dave. Isn't that just irresponsible? Because because we have to take responsibility for ourselves. We were just talking a couple of minutes ago about one of the struggles in our work culture right now. is That people won't take responsibility for anything. Right? People won't won't. It's it's crazy right now. What's going on? What are you saying, Pastor Dave? That's part of our problem right now, that people aren't taking responsibility. Let me me be really clear. Let's take responsibility for the things that God has entrusted to us. But let's not take responsibility for the things that he hasn't entrusted. I got a little amen corner going right here in the front of the room. So I'm I'm leaning over you all and talking to you. Um, Let's not take responsibility for things that he did not charge us to right and let's be honest right where does most of our striving come from it comes from things that we cannot control we cannot there's that word isn't it the c word right control so 3000 years ago David through the psalmist said let's stop let's stop our striving right I, my grandmother, um, who I've mentioned so many times, uh, was just an amazing woman. I, I, um, um, I remember her fondly. She's a stately uh, woman, didn't take anything from anyone. And, uh, and, and my grandmother had a favorite phrase when the grandkids kind of got out of control. She would say, be still, right? Be still. And I would think, okay, Grandma." I'll be still, right? Uh, she picked up on that. That a lot of times our our activity is is the problem. We just need to stop. We need to cease striving and be still. Look what the promise is, and we won't camp on this today. But look at the promise. When we're when we stop striving, when we just Grow our intimate relationship with God when we know that He is God. What does He say will happen? I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in all the earth. Isn't that what we most greatly desire? And God says, The way that that happens is when you stop being God and let me be God. Right? But I think also, I mean, you, you, um, studied together um two weeks ago with with uh, our elder chad who was bringing the word of god from matthew 6 you you saw several ways that you can grow an intimate heart of god we'll summarize them again in a couple minutes but but one of them one of them that that on a regular basis we as north americans and as westerners uh deny is um is sabbath Uh, and 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 One of the major things we need to cease is to cease working and rest. A lot of you are going, well, I'm I'm retired. What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of you got a lot busier when you retired than you were before, right? Right. And I'm talking, and I'm talking sometimes about good work. I'm talking about good things that you're doing. God says, I want one day of your life. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Keep it set apart, right? Six days, knock your lights out. Loose translation. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Exodus 20 all the way to Revelation 20, right? Um, cease working and rest. Know that he is God. What do I need to cease? Cease striving. Cease working. But what in my life needs to be unceasing? I, I mentioned it's like a, like a rhythm of breathing, breathing out and breathing in. Ceasing some things but also doing some things unceasingly right look at these we're going to camp especially on the middle one but all three of them are critically important rejoice always right unceasing joy isn't that beautiful rejoice always pray without ceasing commune with God without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances I cannot tell you how many times those words have come back to me in the last three weeks in all circumstances not for all circumstances I'm sorry God I'm not going to thank you that my mom fell and broke her hip right I'm not going to thank you for that but I can thank you in that I can thank you in the midst of that. God, I'm not going to thank you that that we're in a COVID season and no one could be with her in the hospital. I'm not going to thank you for that. But I'm going to thank you in that, God, in that circumstance. I'm going to believe that, God, you are the one that can reach out to her when she's all alone, right? I'm going to believe that, God. I'm going to give thanks even in this circumstance. And again, I just shared with you earlier, Um I think if if I would have asked her, I said, "Mom, would you want to would you want to um, break your hip and linger for um, months in pain, or would you? Are you ready?" And she said, "Oh, you know that was." an to call. I'm not making that up either because she, she and my dad both made that really clear. You know, do not go to extraordinary measures. Do not do it. And please understand. She's 88 years old. She's 88 years old. It was it was a, a great choice. Don't go to extraordinary measures right I'm ready i'm ready so so uh, I'm going to give thanks unceasingly not for all things but in all things. today, I want to just revisit with you again the middle one right because this is um, let's be honest, this is really challenging to at least in, in many of our understandings of what prayer is, to, to pray unceasingly. Now, l- l- let me just do a caricature for a second. Are you saying, Pastor Jay, that we need to sit down on our bed on our knees and fold our hands and live there, right? You know, there must be something else here that you're talking about. And, and absolutely, absolutely. That's what I want to explore with you. What is prayer? The things that's going to help us to pray unceasingly is to, is to answer this question, what is prayer? And again, I'm echoing it happens to be my brothers who have preached the last several weeks on this topic. Prayer is intimate relationship with the living God. Prayer is not, uh, is not an action where you bow down, right? It's, it's an intimate relationship with the living God. And, and my heart breaks that... You know, it happened for me for, for a couple of years. Some people it's happened for a couple of decades... That they do all the motions of a religious life, but have not entered into intimate relationship with the living God. What are you talking about, Dave? What What are you talking about? This intimate relationship—that's not in my my um, frame of reference. And let me just let me su- suggest some quick things, real fast. It is intimate communication, right? intimate communication it's intimate in terms of what is communicated right uh, and and again we're in danger here of of being list oriented and praying through our intercessory list and forgetting that God also wants to talk to us about our intimate relationship it's intimate it's intimate in terms of what is communicated but it's also intimate in the sense of the way that we communicate, right? so hard when you are not in intimate communication. It can happen suddenly, so suddenly with another person or, or certainly with the Lord. You, you might have all your life felt close to Him and then for some reason all of a sudden you feel far from Him. What is communicated and the way we communicate is, is critically important. But it's so much more. It's so much more. It's also intimate community, common unity, right? It is, it is intimate community with God, the Father. And I love the imagery that he grants us. That, thinking all the way back, we, we can just crawl up into his loving arms, right, and, and experience experience that community with our heavenly father god grants us his holy spirit so that no matter where we go no matter when we reach out to him the holy spirit who dwells in us opens a line of communication that we can that we can commune with god right uh, it's intimate community with the lover of our souls jesus christ who left his glory <laughs> glory uh as as the Son of the Father in heaven and became flesh and dwelt among us to show us how to experience community with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That as we will symbolize in a few moments, it's also intimate communion, right? Not just a common unity, but a common union. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. The union of, of our spirit with his. It is intimate communion together. And, and it's so much fun just being together. My sisters and I have been scattered for 30 years, more than that, probably 40 years. And, and to be together for a week and a half, almost continually uh, was, was so precious, right? To have that communion together. We would, we would have meals together. And I hadn't done that with my sisters in so long. But there's just something about about eating spaghetti with people, right? That just makes you feel close, right? Especially when the little spaghetti thing comes out and whips you on the side of the face, leaves a big red mark. And you're thinking, shall I tell my sister that she has a big red? No, I'm just going to let it go. And there's just something beautiful that happens when we share an intimate meal together. And, and God says, I want to do that with you. I want to do that with you. I'm so grateful that we came before the Lord a few moments ago and offered to him all our brokenness. That there's nothing hindering us today from intimate communion with God. It is Christ in us and we in Christ. But what does it mean, if this is what prayer is, what does it mean to do this continuously, right? What does it mean to pray continuously? Again, it's not something we do. If it was just something we did, then we would have to do it 24-7, right? And, and please don't misunderstand me. All those different things, grace. Before me, um, uh, a prayer when you awake. all uh, oh, that floods my soul. is Jesus. is my morning prayer, right? Uh, the last words before you fall asleep. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Um, all those things are really important. I'm not diminishing them at all. Those things that you do are important, just like it would be for a human being that you walked among. But, but it's, prayer is not a call to do prayer. It is a call to be prayer. To be prayer. And I think this first came to my awareness. I've shared it with you so many times um, in an old Keith Green song. Um, Keith Green passed away in, I think, like 1982 or sometime in there. But he'd written a song called Make My Life a Prayer, right? In other words, everything I think and say and do and am let that be a prayer to you, oh God, right? Let that be a prayer. so' it's, it's a call to become what you were made to be right to become what you were made to be but still the question remains how do i do this how do i pray continuously and and let me just say this is going to be a, a lifelong adventure for you a journey where you will you'll discover new peaks every time you think oh this can't get any better than this god will say, oh i got so much more for you right i've got so much more for you but but let me just say that here, there's a, there's a couple of things that we can think about. There's a couple of things, especially as we anticipate uh, the Lenten season coming, that, that might just help us more deeply experience continuous prayer. That might just help us be prayer rather than do prayer. And, and the first thing I just want to remind you of is to empty yourself of self. To empty yourself of self. In other words, just like there's a rhythm of breathing—breathing breathing in and breathing out, ceasing some things and and continuing some things unceasingly. There, there is a, a rhythm here of 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 emptying and filling, emptying and filling. I, I'm sorry for the cross analogy. It's just coming to my mind, but but. Um, Oftentimes, uh, um, I, um, my, my pattern is I just don't eat all day long until about 3 o'clock, and I start grazing at 3 o'clock. And I, and I graze from 3 o'clock to about midnight, right? And then I, I know that's why I have spare tire, and that's why I have unhealthy habits. That's why all these things are going on. But so I might graze for a long time, and, uh, and, and then Karen brings me a delicious meal, right? And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, where am I going to put this thing? Where, you know, what am I going to do? It's, it's so substantially different, isn't it? When you're already full, as you might say, full of it, but I'm, when you're full of food and someone offers you more, then um, the, the better thing, wouldn't it be to have a nice rhythm of, of exercise, of emptying yourself, of using up, right? And then emptying yourself, and then refilling again. Empty yourself of self, and 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 to help you do that, uh, um, we have spiritual disciplines, or we call them it all of that soul training exercise. Right? You 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 have been looking at those the last two weeks. Give right. If you are full of of things and stuff. And concern about finances, the way to overcome that is to give generously. You saw two weeks ago that, that, that Jesus just assumes you're going to do that. He didn't command you to do it. He assumes that when you give, he said, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. You remember that in Matthew 6? So, so one way to empty yourself is to give of your time, to give of your talents, to give of your treasure and not To uh, draw any attention to it, right? To secretly give, right? Why? Because when you do that, you say, I will not be controlled by money. I will not. I will not be controlled. I have to tell you, trying to help my father through this time, they, my mom was just an amazing accountant, but they didn't, they didn't protect their assets, right? Um, They, they, they didn't take the measures that in a situation like this, would have protected them. And, and so, so it's really easy. My sisters and I have just been beside ourselves trying to get all those assets into protection uh, so, that, so that they won't be vulnerable, right? And I, I found myself thinking, money, 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 right? Got to do this, got to do this. Um, giving says, I will not be controlled by money. But forgiving we saw in Matthew 6 as well. Forgiving also is a way of emptying yourself. What are you saying when you choose to forgive? Do you remember both Chad and Kyle mentioning this? This is probably one of the greatest stumbling blocks for people in at least North American culture is the inability to forgive when people have hurt you, when things have been done to you. Uh, the inability to forgive yourself, right? When you forgive, you, you set the prisoner free, remember? And discover that the prisoner is you. Discover that the prisoner is you. When you forgive, you say, I will not be controlled by anger. I will not be controlled by anger. I'm emptying myself of that. As we talked about just a moment ago When you fast, Jesus said in Matthew 6.16, fasting is another way of emptying yourself of self. You're saying, I will not be controlled by my appetites. I will not be controlled by my addictions. Right? And one of the blessings is for all the people that say, well, I'm I'm not going to go through the, the motions of giving something up for Lent. Well... You know, you're missing a great opportunity to break the control of something over you. It doesn't mean it's bad. If I stop having coffee for, for 40 days, it doesn't mean that coffee's bad. Last week, it changes every week, but last week they're saying coffee's good for you, right? Um, no, it, it, but something good for you can control you, right? I will not be controlled by my appetites or my addictions. Just as there are Soul training exercises or spiritual disciplines to help us empty ourselves of self. There are also spiritual disciplines that help us be filled with God. We empty ourselves of self, but but you cannot just empty yourself, right? Jesus spoke very clearly about that. You can cast out all the demons of your life, right? But if nothing replaces them, if nothing fills you, then those demons are going to come back sevenfold, Right? So it's not just emptying yourself like Eastern meditation. It is also being filled with something else instead. And the great clarion call of scripture is fill yourself with the living God, right? Fill yourself with the revelation of, of God. Get out in creation. Go look back in the backyard and, and, and pull a, a rose or a, even a leaf and, and just look at the intricate detail of that. Fill yourself with the revelation of God through his creation. Many of us have been so blessed by, by Mary and her photography. She hangs out a lot at, I want to say, Howell Wetlands. And, uh, and we get these incredible pictures. I drive by Howell Wetlands about once a week, and I never see a bird there, right? I never see a mouse. And, and she comes back with these stunning pictures. I think she's making them up. I think she's creating them. No, I think that she understands um, the revelation of God in creation. And she has an eye for it, right? Let's be real. How many times in the last weeks have you gone out these cold, crisp nights and looked up at the sky, right? Uh, In the the, the cold air, there's less moisture and it's just so much clearer, right? And, And... Heavens are declaring the glory of god and and I would rather go inside and watch a football game on TV right Oh, I was about to say go ramps, but i 'm sure glad I stopped myself before I said that because I would have alienated half of the congregation. Um, yeah, all around us is the revelation of God in creation, but as you know, but probably like me. Um, haven't been completely transformed by. The revelation of God also includes his word. His word. Now, immediately your mind went to his written word. And and it should. You have have at your fingertips the very revelation of God. And I've been doing this for 40 years and just scratched the surface of, of the treasure that is in this book. So I want to invite you to, to especially as you think of, what can I add to my life? Let's not just think about what you leave out of your life in Lent, but what can I add to my life? Add the Word, the written Word of God. Add the spoken Word. Why? Because some people just know more about Jesus than you do, and you need to listen to them, right? No. No. That's not what it is about at all. I create... The great desire is, is for you to experience. I want to say, um, John six, yeah, it's coming. John six forty three to forty five. Uh, everyone, God's desire is that everyone would be taught by the Holy Spirit, right? You don't need someone to bring the word. What are you saying? You're saying, you just said, listen to the spoken word. There's something that happens when people, as as frail as we are and as broken as we are, when we speak the word of God, there's something that happens. And God's Holy Spirit quickens. How many times have I preached and someone's come up afterwards and said, when you said this, it was so powerful to me. And I thought, I didn't say that. I wish I had said that, but i didn 't say that the Holy Spirit said that to you as I spoke the Word of God. So the written word is critically important in terms of the revelation, but also the spoken. I 'm so grateful that you came out on a cold and icy day to hear the spoken word of God too. I trust you, I beg you, holy Spirit, translate my words so that life is the result of our time together. But for all your commitment to the written word and to the spoken word, if you miss the, per- the point of that, you will have missed everything. Because there are people that understand so much more than I do about this written word and have no relationship with the living word, right? The goal of the written word and the spoken word, come on up worship team if you would, is... Is that you would encounter the living word, Jesus Christ. That you would experience intimate communication with the living word. That you would experience intimate community with the living word. That you would experience communion. Co-union with the living word, Jesus Christ. Christ in us and we in Christ. So this this cold winter morning, I invite you, be filled with God. With the revelation of God. And most importantly, with the presence of God. With the presence of God. I invite you to pray that 3,000 Your old prayer. Lord, help me to cease my striving. Help me, God, to be still and know that you are God. Mm. In a few moments, we're going to share uh, this precious, holy moment the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And just a a quick word to you about that. I'm grateful, uh, not for the little plastic communion cups, but I'm, I'm grateful in them, right? That we can still do this. We can break bread together. And to access that bread, there's a very thin layer of plastic on the very top. And, and when you're ready later, you can just pull that back and it'll give you access to the bread. And then in the second part of communion, we remember what Christ has done on the cross for us. We remember the blood of Christ and to access the the juice which represents the blood of Christ. Then you pull back all those tabs and it it will open the cup to receive that. But let's take a few moments. Let's be still and know that he is God. Let's... Let's recognize that for all our spiritual grazing, He is the bread of life. And He's here right now for us. Are we hungry for Him? Are we hungry?